it makes me think as an individual citizen about obviously the future and these environmental society issues. It also makes me think about my role as an entrepreneur and venture capitalist. How am I going to invest my time, my attention, my capital, my advice, my wisdom in the technologies, the leaders, and the companies that are going to build this future? So I'm voting with my every moment for the future that I hope my children will get to grow up in and enjoy. Suddenly, I'm not just investing capital for capital returns, which is frankly a lot more straightforward. But I want millions of lives to be transformed by this experience. I also hope that my children's lives experience will be better because of the technology that we're building together, right? Welcome to Brave. Learn from Southeast Asia's best tech leaders. Build the future, learn from our past, and stay human in between. No BS on success. I'm Jeremy Al, venture capitalist, serial founder, Harvard MBA, sci-fi nerd, and dad of two daughters. Mondays for your weekly tech news debate with Shiyan Ko, managing partner of Hustle Fund. Wednesdays for interviews of regional changemakers covering both the highs and lows of leadership. Fridays for personal diary insights and listener questions and answers. Join our movement of over 12,000 members for transcripts, analysis, and community at www.bravesea.com. Do you manage your own IT for distributed teams in Asia? You know how painful it is. Asseville helps your in-house team by taking tough tasks off their hands and giving them the tools to manage IT effectively. Get help across eight countries in Asia-Pacific, which includes onboarding, procurement, device management, real-time IT support, offboarding, and more. Gain full control of all your IT infrastructure in one place with our state-of-the-art platform. Check out Esevel, E-S-E-V-E-L.com and get a demo today. Use our referral code BRAVE for three months free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, uh, this is awkward to say, uh, but I love my kids. I love my two-year-old daughter and 10-month-old daughter. My friends often ask me about whether becoming a dad has changed me as a person. I tend to deflect that with humor uh, and joke about having a dad board and all these other things. It's a good question. And I spent some time thinking through uh, the three most significant lessons I've learned uh, since becoming a dad. The first thing that I discovered was uh, feeling a new dimension of life. Really weird to say that, even for me to say that out loud, but it was really orthogonal. My life was very much about work and my personal life in terms of my hobbies and my friends and also dating my now wife. So, you know, it's very much like work or play, right? And, you know, they say work hard, play hard, um, work smart, play smart. It's like always like that binariness. And I think having a child was weird because suddenly you had this person that depended on you and that you love very much. And so it really created this new domain of time and space and emotion in my life. The closest that I've come to it is describing it as um, painting with a new color in my life. What I mean by that is that, you know, I was painting with black and white and blue and suddenly I'm painting with orange, you know, and 
orange goes with blue. It can be mixed. It makes different colors. It can make different patterns. But it's kind of weird to explain a new color to a new person, right? Like, how do you even describe orange to a person who's never seen orange before? So it's very hard for me to describe what it's like to have a new kid because I wouldn't even be able to travel back in time and explain to my old self what it was like. It's just that now I get to do things differently. An orange used to be something that I would eat myself. And suddenly now I am peeling an orange for her uh, and enjoying it. Suddenly I'm teaching her how to peel an orange. Suddenly I'm celebrating the fact that she now knows how to peel the orange on her own and she now splits the orange with me. And it's kind of weird because you're like injecting new color, new meaning into these very boring things. Like I said, you know, fruits and uh, walks and just hanging out at home suddenly has that new color. Uh, to be frank, there has been joyous times, simple moments. Being in a moment has been amazing. There have been tough times, obviously, in terms of the arguments and logistics and the difficult decisions you have to make from time to time for children. And so I don't necessarily think that children have made my life happier, although I feel like I've worked very hard to be very present and therefore be happy in those moments. That being said, I do feel that children has made my life have deeper meaning, which is a different axis from happiness, right? I think happiness comes and it goes, but meaning, you know, it doesn't come and go, right? And I think it's very meaningful to have time with my child, even though I may be unhappy because of that moment, it's still meaningful. And I think this calls back to some of the philosophy I read that life may not necessarily be happy. It can be full of bad things and fear and tears and anger. Yet meaning is something that's much more meaningful. And I think we saw that with many jobs, right? Like pastors, soldiers, and the police and doctors, they often have tough lives that are not necessarily happy from day to day moment, but actually have a deeper meaning. And this is something that is not just qualitative, but also quantitatively proven out across behavioral economics and frankly, personally. The third part about this new dimension of life was really serenity. I really got to appreciate the fact that although my first child was unplanned, we decided to roll the punches, swing for the fences, just roll with it. And it worked out, right? And I mean, life is easier to have kids these days. We have Google to explain stuff for us. We have books like what to expect when you're expecting to explain every stage of it. There's, you know, next day shipping, right? So whatever you forget, you can order and get it pretty much the next day. Things are a lot easier, obviously, on the logistics side and informational side. But I think there's a very nice part of that serendipity engine that happens because serendipity is you run into something when you weren't expecting it, right? And I think the child is definitely part of it. But I think being with her has also let me appreciate the serendipity of even though I did not plan for her the same way I plan for my career or projects or all these other things, I'm very blessed and privileged to have her in my life right now. The second thing that I really enjoy is a change relationship with time. It's weird to experience the present, past, and future simultaneously. So what I mean by that is when I hold my child, I'm very much in the moment, right? I'm not thinking about work. You know, I'm just singing to her or hang out with her. And I remember just last night, you know, we were doing Superman. And Superman is when you put your kid on your knees and you're like on your back. And then the kid is like pretending to be Superman. You hold the arms and then, you know, 
You're just like letting her fly through the air, right? And, you know, I was so much in the moment, right? I wasn't thinking about work. I wasn't thinking about anything else. I was thinking to myself, wow, what a great moment it is. And also, I could feel a little bit of that flavor, right? Uh, of knowing that this is a moment that is not going to come again easily. And so I was just really enjoying that moment for what it was. That being said, while I was holding my child, I also was thinking to myself, wow, like I must be holding the child the same way that my mom held me when I was a child over 30 years ago. And then my grandmother helped my mom a generation ago and my great-grandma for my grandma. And so this weird sensation of just appreciating how many generations of humanity have basically said to themselves like, well, life is tough. But we got a kid, so let's just roll with it and let's try to keep them alive. And guess what? You know, like a hundred or a thousand generations of humans basically said, screw it, let's do it. And, you know, figure out how to keep this family together. Uh, and the success of those thousand generations, whom I don't know, you know, 997 of them, uh, basically landed in a situation where I'm here today, right? So... Weirdly, like, you know, shout out to my great-grandparents for leaving a country during a famine and civil war, right? You know, if they didn't do that, then I wouldn't be having the life I am right now. I may not even be around. So I think there's that sense of appreciation for the decisions that my ancestors have made, right? Individually and as parents. What's also interesting is that I also really feel the future right now. Uh, when I'm holding my kid, I suddenly thought to myself, like, my gosh, like, I know what's going to happen in one year, right? Which is that she's going to walk, you know? And I know that in six or seven years, they're going to go to school. I know that in 21 years, I would ha be at her graduation ceremony, hopefully at university, and I will be celebrating with her. So I'm like, wow, you know, I, I'm a kind of person who lives year to year. And suddenly I'm like, whoa, like, I'm living 20 years. I know I'm going to be doing 20 years. I'll be somewhere at, on a college campus. I'll, in 18 years, I would be, I don't know, packing her stuff and helping her set up her dorm room. Who knows, right? So it's just kind of weird to have that thing where you suddenly, you know, have that snap together where now your life timeline is mapped to the child's age, right? Very weird. I realized that when I was holding my child, I realized that one day she may become a mother too. And she will hold her own child the same way I'm holding her. And maybe she will think of me, right? And then maybe that child of my daughter may then become a mother of her own. And then, you know, it just kind of keeps going, right? It just have that very weird sense where you're like, wow, I know the next 20 years of my life. And, but this can keep going, right? This brings me to, I think, the third part, which is about that multi-generational mindset. You know, I remember in college, I had this Native American housemate. And she shared with me the concept of seven generation stewardship. What that meant was that anybody who was a leader had to make a decision on behalf of not just the economic and social benefits of the current generation or themselves, but also not just the next generation, but for the next seven generations. And that's kind of bonkers, right? So because you're just thinking about yourself, you're thinking about the kids, your grandkids, your grandkids' kids. Your great-great-grandkids, your great-great-great-grandkids are probably going to run out and get the wrong number. But, but that's kind of a crazy like, lifetime, right? That's like, what, at least 200 years that you're thinking of, 300 years. And so the concept was that you have to make decisions for the next seven generations and that you should have a skin that is as thick as the bark of a pine tree, that you should have a thick skin 
to be able to make those tough decisions that not, don't just benefit yourself, but benefit the next seven generations. Very cool. And that was how I thought about it on an intellectual level until what just happened, as I just shared, is that suddenly by having a child, I suddenly have an emotional, genetic, blood stake in that, right? Because my children may have children of their own and so, so forth. And so next seven generation is not theoretical. The whole world seven generation is not theoretical community seven generation. It's from me, the next seven generations. So suddenly the things that honestly were just tangential to my life, like heritage, conservation, environmental sustainability, societal improvements, all these things obviously are adjacent to my life. And some of it are obviously more impactful to me and some of them are less impactful to me. That being said, suddenly over the next generation, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh generation. And now I kind of get why parents go bonkers talking about legacy and talking about the importance of storybooks and culture and so on and so forth. Because yeah, you know, you, you want to preserve that importance and you care about it, right? You know, like the truth is, for example, climate change. I mean, sure, global warming is going to be bad for one, two, three Celsius, but for most people, for our generation, we're not going to see the impact of that on our lives, on our animal species, on our homes, on our weathered climate systems. We'll say bye-bye at 100 years in about you know, 80 years' time and good luck to the next generation. Well, guess what? You're like, even it's your generation, your next generation, then you're like, ah, oh, snap. Like, I don't want my kids to suffer from my BS and my ignorance and my blaseness, right, about the whole situation. So then the future becomes very close, right? And what that means is that, you know, the future is coming where, you know, there's artificial intelligence, there's nuclear fusion, there's gene therapy, there's modernization of the financial system. All these technologies that are bleeding edge at the forefront of the future where a few people kind of play with it and, you know, people are excited, but it's not really in reality. And everybody's like, boo, it's not going to happen. It's going to be the norm. Like the, the futurism of me today is the presence of my children, right? I love seeing the videos of sci-fi writers like Arthur C. Clarke, right? And the journalist is in interviewing him and saying like, you know, what do you believe is going to be future? And he's like, one day the computer that's currently filling this entire room will fit in your hand and everybody will have this computer in their hand. They'll be able to communicate with anybody in the world and have a library in their hand. And then obviously a journalist is like, what? You mean my kid is going to have this? This, and they showed a picture of the kid, right? You know, and then he's like, yeah, your kid will going to have this. And he's like, the parent, you know, the journalist is like, yeah, is my kid going to be okay? And, you know, is his brain going to explode or not? And he's like, no, don't worry. Your kid's going to be totally fine and normal. And they're never going to be able to remember a world where the computer was the size of a whole room. And guess what? You know, Arthur C. Clarke, he's dead. And he predicted the future, which is the norm, right? For me, it's normal for me to have a computer, two computers, three computers at home. You know, we can have multiple computers, right? In my mobile phone, everything's a computer, right? My printer has more microchip power than the computers that was used to power the Apollo mission to go to the moon, right? So it's bonkers. It makes me think, obviously, as an individual citizen to think about, obviously, the future and these environmental society issues. 
it also makes me think about my role as an entrepreneur and venture capitalist. How am I going to invest my time, my attention, my capital, my advice, my wisdom in the technologies, the leaders, and the companies that are going to build this future, right? And so I'm voting with my every moment for the future that I hope my children will get to grow up in and enjoy, right? So it's weird because, you know, suddenly I'm not just like investing capital for capital returns, which is frankly a lot more straightforward, frankly. But, you know, suddenly you're like thinking yourself like, yeah, I want millions of lives to be transformed by this experience. And I also hope that my children's lives experience will be better because of the technology that we're building together, right? I was sitting down with a B2B software as a service company and they're looking to modernize a certain aspect of employee management across Southeast Asia. I hate this software stack in my personal experience as an employee. And if I do what I'm supposed to do, which is partner, counsel, make decisions, then my children will have a wonderful time in their company because they can use this B2B SaaS or equivalent of it and they don't have to deal with the friction, the bad use experience, the errors and the misses and the liabilities that are commonplace today, right? So overall, um, children are weird and it's made me a weird person. I, if I was younger, like 10 years ago, I'll be like, man, Jeremy, you're such a weird guy now. But yeah, you know what? I'm happy to be weird, to have discovered that I love my children, my two daughters. I love this new dimension of life uh, with deeper meaning and serendipity and this weird orthogonal dimension with, you know, painting a new color in my life. I appreciate having this changed relationship with time, with the present, with feeling the legacy of the past and also about, you know, the future generations and all of us sharing this universal moment of having children and taking that long-term perspective. And and lastly, I think very much about the next few generations, right? The next seven generations, not just from an intellectual basis, but also from a personal basis. And so thinking through, I think the importance of so many issues that are unfair to my advantage in this generation, but I would love to be fair for future generations. And I get to recognize my own role to vote for this future with my consumer dollar, with my personal time and attention, with my professional career because the future of today is the present of tomorrow, right? Maybe the technologies I invest in today and help support, build, will just become legacy products, right? For my great-grandkids, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, VR, man, that's so like old school, right? And now I'm like, oh, everyone's like, boo, VR, not going to work, right? So that's how I'm thinking about life these days. Overall, I love being a dad and I look forward to updating and thinking about this more in the years to come. Thank you for listening to Brave. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. We would also appreciate you leaving a rating or review. Head over to www.bravesea.com for member content, resources, and community. Stay well and stay brave.